City. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the time. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. We are back for episode nine of the Frontline Fanatics podcast on the eve of, ooh, I don't know if I want to say this is the biggest game of the season, because I think, you know, going into it, Kentucky might still be a bigger game, but probably the biggest game. People are saying it. People are saying it online. People are saying it. That voice you hear is my co-host and frequent GameStop stock trader, Andrew Aguilera. What's going on, buddy? Happy almost Friday. How are you doing? Yeah, baby. GME all the way. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the internet is saying that this is the biggest game. And, you know, as we know from trading the last couple of days, the internet never lies. (laughs) Nothing can ever go wrong on the internet. So we trust the internet no matter what. And that is where we live mostly. So I'll never go against the internet. Uh, Doing well. Once again, excited to be back as always. Um, Trying to get a, you know, a little quick episode out, out to you all today. Shortly, we will get into the St. Joe's game and we will make that recap very short it'll yeah. get there shortly and it'll be short because there's not much to talk about and yeah. then we'll get into uh into the big game for St. Louis and uh maybe tease a little bit of what's going to happen next week maybe probably not but it could potentially be a huge week uh for, for FF frontline fanatics here so excited to get be. into it yeah. I like that uh Kornheiser hat by the way thank you uh you in, know, insider you know. source insider source I know uh over where he works is he's not very good at his ad reads and uh he disses the companies from time to time. Not that well, that's yeah, a bad thing. That's but. the whole thing. It's a joke. <laughs> he basically goes through his ad reads and then he's like, now it tells me to read this, but I've never used this product and I have no anecdote. So I'm just going to say this. It's dude, it's great. It's the whole thing. Yeah. And I think like if that yeah. actually made advertisers mad, they wouldn't advertise, but like, I'm sure they love it. Do. It's like why but, people advertise with Barstool. They're not going to do the traditional reads, but it gets the right. job done and it gets the name out. Yeah, dude. And like, I don't know. It's funny though, because there are actually some products he's used. So he's like, I've actually used this and I can say it's good, <laughs> but everything else he's like, I've never used this. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I'm like probably the only person under the age of 50 who listens to his podcast. So we'll, uh, we can move swiftly on from that. Um, <laughs> yeah. As you guys can tell from listening, we're, I think we're both pretty excited for uh, the prospect of tomorrow. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, the, after the loss or, or, you know, our last podcast, you guys all heard, our spirits were low. We were a little confused and just kind of disheartened from the loss. Um, but as Andrew alluded to, we'll talk a little bit about uh, our game Tuesday night against St. Joe's. And um, I'll be I'll be honest, I was not I was not watching that game. I usually watch every single game, but I had a, a conflict. So I uh, I will defer to you, Aggie, in a second to give us some some recap from what you saw from watching it. But I just want to say on the last podcast, I mentioned this game will show us a lot based on how we come out and play. Uh, I think it'll give a lot of merit to how much rust actually comes from a COVID pause and how important it is to get back into a rhythm playing games. Um, I don't think we can take too much away from beating St. Joe's handily because they're the worst team in the conference. However, we did what we needed to do. And I don't think either of us can, can be too mad at that. Yeah, I think you're, I think you 100% hit that on the head. Um, I got some, text from a couple people that were like 
oh, you know, Evan, Evan hit it on the head, like double digit win against, and this was like a double digit win that this team needed. And I yeah. think you were right. I mean, we didn't know what to expect after that loss. And I think coming out in the first half, we, we were up nine. I was, very, I was happy with that, but you know, I kind of want to see us take an even bigger leap and really like dominate a team for the first time in a while. And then we came out and, and we beat them by 14 in the point differential in the second half, leading to a 23 point win. I think that was huge for us. Um, watching the post game press conference uh, was interesting too, because, you know, uh, coach Mooney was talking about how they were able to get some of the younger guys on the court, as well as how, you know, they saw St. Joe's try some different defenses against them, which I thought was interesting too, just for us to get a look against some like weirder defenses. And, you know, those are things we aren't going to see very often. And, I think we took advantage of those weird situations and really used those to get big advantages on these other teams. Like we weren't afraid of this new defense we've seen, like let's dominate it, which is something where when we played like a George Mason, for instance, where they play the zone, we, you know, we kind of get a little bit flustered with that. So it's good to see that we can come out, see something new and not be like totally stonewalled and, and confused about what was going on there. So that was good. A um, couple things to highlight. Tyler Burton, great game. I think it was 10 for 13 with like 25-ish. Um, five rebounds, which is good. The guy jumps after every single ball. You got to respect it. You hope nothing bad happens because he's like sometimes going a little too hard for those. We've talked about this in the past. Um, but I think he missed like three threes. But guy's got a smooth stroke. Hopefully he can continue to t- keep taking those shots and, and take them in smart situations. Um, Blake had a good game too. 18 points on 7 for 12 shooting for him is phenomenal. Very efficient game. And then who else but Matt Grace? Matt Grace. Fan favorite. Came out. Barbecue, barbecue chicken, if you know, you know. Came out stroking it in the beginning of the game. Uh, three for five, ten points. And he was – I think he was, like, pretty much the player of the game. He got almost all of the press interviews at the end of the game besides uh, Coach Mooney. So, pretty happy with how he played. Um, someone I want to actually highlight is, uh, is Saul, is Saul Caressi. Uh, he played some good minutes. I, the stat line doesn't show a ton for him, but I saw him out there hustling up and down the court. I think he was making a difference on his passes and his defense looked much improved. So I just want to shout him out real quick. I do wish we got Andre Gustafson a couple more minutes, but um, Coach Mooney talked about how he wishes that he got him in earlier in the first half and he just put him in too late and, and that just messed up his rotation. So uh, also shout out to Gabe for his, uh, his season debut. So yeah, uh, that's all I got for that game. I mean, we missed our boy Ryan Daly out there, of course. He would have been a difference maker. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got to say for that game. I was watching it on the bike, working out working out and watching. Humble brag, I work out now. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got to say for that game. I, I was happy with the win, and uh, hopefully we get a little bit of confidence after that short turnaround, and we can turn that into a, a good performance uh, Friday afternoon slash evening against St. Louis on ESPN regular? Two, right? Yeah, two. I thought so, too. All right, cool. ESPN, two. Yeah. Yeah, I want to shout you out because one thing you really talked a lot about on our podcast earlier this week was um, about the bench production, right? And the fact that against LaSalle, we just had nothing from our bench. And um, again, this is this is St. Joe's with no Ryan Daly. And then they were missing another key contributor. I forget his name, um, but another another guy that would start for them. However, we still got, you know, you just mentioned Matt Grace. We had a lot more production from our bench. We got to play them a lot more which I think was really important to get some of our key starters rest going into this game, which is going to be, I, I, you know, I think St. Louis will try to turn it into a track meet as much as they can. Um, 
but yeah, you know, you mentioned Sal. I think that's something to, you know, to double click on. Your coach said in, in I think multiple pressers that Sal had his best two practices ever leading into that Tuesday game, which makes me wonder like what you would have to do in practice to like have coach call it out and say best two practices ever. Like, was he just like going off? Like, was he cooking? Was he blocking everybody? So that's, yeah, yeah. I thought about that too. Like, was he just like clamping people? Like, yeah. I don't know what that means, but cause I mean, he's not might, a scorer, right? No, so he must've been We've getting blocks yeah. playing defense. Although getting blocks against us isn't that, that difficult, uh, you know, cause Tyler's the only guy that's like living above the rim. Yeah. Um, but anyways, no, like, like, like you said, we needed to have that result. We came out, we played well. Um, and, you know, coach was saying in post game, there was a couple questions about, hey, how important was it that this game was only two days after losing to uh, LaSalle? And coach was like, it was extremely important. We needed to get in a rhythm, get in a flow. And so I think that will lend a hand to the game against St. Louis tomorrow. Um, and what's interesting is that St. Louis is kind of in the same exact position we were in. However, I'd say a little worse, right? Because they're they're coming off a pause. I think theirs was three weeks, almost to a month. Um, and they came out and they lost to Dayton. And now Dayton is a better team than LaSalle. I think we all think that. Um, but they're kind of in the same position as us where, you know, I don't think any of us could argue that a pause is not a, a really, really difficult interruption to a basketball team season, especially a college basketball team. And um, I'm curious if, if maybe, you know, St. Louis will, will feel some side effects from still trying to get in a rhythm and, and get back into game shape. Um, so I'm curious, you know, if you think that might play a, a role in how tomorrow breaks out at all. But, um, you know, I, I just think for us, it's, it's great that we got back into that rhythm. And hopefully we, we just had two great days of practice and are ready to come out and, and you know, show everybody why we were picked first in the league. So I'm, I'm still excited. Yeah, uh, me too. I hope we can show why we were picked first and they were picked second in this league. Um, I do think the pause is going to, you know, have an impact. It's not like, you know, St. Louis is coming off this game and they get to play a St. Louis, St. Not St. Louis. They can't play themselves. Um, a St. <laughs> Joseph's type of opponent, like a game yeah. where they can, you know, kind of test some things out, see how they're feeling getting back. Like this should be a competitive game by like, by everything that's showing right now. I mean, Dayton came out and, I think we've talked about this before. Like neither of us think Dayton's super good this year, but they do have some really talented players that can get it done. And, and they showed on, on Tuesday night, Crutcher just came up so clutch in the end of the game and was able to hand them that loss. But I think St. Louis is going to be a little bit tired. I think they're going to also have something to prove though, you know, coming out of this pause, you know, they stayed in the rankings, which is huge after not playing for a month. That's really hard to do. That just shows that their talent is really respected by the committee so I think they have something to prove here. But the favor for the a conference conferences court, they want to come in, they want to beat us. So, and like you, you can go into this more if you want, but you told me before this, like, you know, this team is really deep. The St. Louis team, they run nine to 10 guys every night. And coach Mooney the other night said that our team is deep and we have a bench. It's just that he has trouble getting this bench in because our starters are so good. And while I totally agree with that, we need to get our bench in this game if we want to be able to compete with them. And that's the only way we're going to compete. If they're rotating out fresh legs every 10 to 12 minutes, we're like in real time, not actually game time. We're not going to be able to compete with them. So I'm hoping that we can take advantage of the COVID pause as like wrong as that may, may or may not be, but I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be a competitive game and they're, they can run for sure. They yeah. love to run up and down the court and take advantage of those runs. So we'll see if we can keep up with them. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I don't 
we're, I don't think Andrew and I are saying that we need to go 10 deep to beat St. Louis. I think for us, the way our, that's not our, that's not our identity. That's not who we are. Exactly. The way we're made up is if we can get one guard and one forward off the bench to make contributions to what we're doing, that's enough. Right. So I think goose and either one of Matt or Sal, if both of those guys comes in and does what they do. So on goose's end, you know, gets a backdoor cut, hits an open three, maybe gets a steal. And one of the two big men either hits an open three or gets a block, you know, something like that. Um, that's all we need, right? We don't need to, to have a whole second unit. So I just think that's important because, like you said, I think St. Louis is going to want to turn this into a track meet, Me even too. though we're, we're an athletic team. Um, and I, I do think we might undervalue how much Tyler might change the dynamic of our team. Yeah. Because um, for all the talk about how, you know, how much different this team might be without Nick um, and having Tyler instead of, you know, in there. I also think on the other side of things, you know, having Tyler in there, that gets us three inches taller and three times as athletic, if not more, right? So maybe I'm not as worried about St. Louis just bully balling us um, and, and just trying to run us out of the gym. But at the same time, like you said, they're going to have fresh legs and they're not going to get tired. So I think, um, I think that's going to be a big factor to see if we can get our bench in, have them, pr- you know, produce for us. And then that way we don't have to worry about keeping our five guys on, on the court and risking foul trouble or fatigue or anything like that. Um, so yeah. like I think, I think for St. Louis, if we want to start to get in and talk a little bit more about them, I was at the game we played last year against St. Louis in, in, in I think it was right around this time, actually. It was in 2020. Congrats. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. And uh, I saw that, and I think that was like a 15 or 20-point loss. And, I mean, they smoked us. They smoked us. And I would say on paper, St. Louis is a team that is traditionally built to beat Richmond. They're a bad matchup for us. Just when you look at how they play and how they're, how they're constructed as a team. Um, but they did something interesting in that they, they, I don't, I can't remember if they started him, but they played uh, Jimmy Bell, who's one of their like bench centers. They played him like 20 minutes, which is like double what he's ever played. Yeah, he played 27 and, minutes. Yeah. He's six. He's like six ten, two seventy. And they were, and I think to me, that was Travis Ford, St. Louis's coach being like, Richmond, I know you guys aren't physical. I'm going to send my biggest guy in there. I'm going to play him more. And I'm just going to see if you can stop him. And, and French, French played 36 minutes too. Yeah. And they, went, and they went big on us. We hadn't even gotten to French yet. I mean, he's only six, seven, but he's yeah. like two forty. He looks like, he looks like a linebacker and he do, he is so good on the post and he gets shot blocks for not being yeah. that tall. He's, a, he's averaging almost 10, 10.7 boards a game plus his blocks like yeah. nasty he's a he's a he's a rim defender for sure yep so you know I don't know I'm, I'm nervous but at the same time who knows I again I just keep going back to the fact that this is supposed to be the year and this is supposed to be the special yeah. team and you know this is a game that we should step up and be able to go step for step for these guys and let's not forget I mean all the media has pretty much abandoned us as the A-10 favorite everybody's got yeah uh St. Louis in the front Bonnie- of us or the Bonnies and, and the Bonnies, right? So we're we're minimum three. Even Most Dayton, people, even people are talking Dayton ahead of us, and still VCU, so and VCU so, still. We're the I mean, we're the dogs, which is do crazy. You think, do you think our guys have a chip on their shoulder? Because I think they should. I think they should too. I mean, the, coming from the guy that's always negative on our team, unfortunately, that's just <laughs> the reality of my life. I'm negative about everything, but I think they should have a chip on their shoulder. There's no reason vcu should be thought of as a better team than us what have they done to prove that they're better than us i mean they beat a couple good teams so have we though we beat a couple good teams as well and i mean a team like st louis they're really good don't get me wrong but they haven't played in a month just came off a loss to dayton 
they're saying Dayton's way better than us. We've I think we're one game better than them. What are we nine and three? I think we're nine ten and, and three actually. Ten and three. So they're they're eight and four. So they're like one in the loss one in the loss column worse than us, but almost the same in the win. So I mean like people aren't even talking about Richmond as, as a chance to win the A-10 tournament this year or even the A-10 in general. So we'll see. This is going to be a big game. I think as people that have watched this team for the last couple of years, it's a little bit tougher because no matter whether St. Louis has been good during the A-10 season or the out-of-conference season, it's just like, oh, we're playing St. Louis. We're probably going to lose. They're going to outbody us. They're more competitive than us. I remember being at that tournament game in 2019 at the Barclays Center, we were the hot team. We were supposed to keep it going. Up huge on St. Louis at half. Just blow it in the second half. They completely outbodied us, ran us off the court. And then I'm, like, getting – I'm, like, chirping with St. Louis fans in the crowd, like, getting close to fighting people. <laughs> when I'm, like, the least aggressive person of all time. So, I hope this is the year that we can turn it around and finally prove that we can beat this team. Yeah. At least once. If it's not going to be today, it's got to be February 26th. When we go to St. Louis, but I would rather be on our home court now. Get them out of the rankings, show that we're the definitive better team in the conference and just in college basketball at this moment. That's a yeah. definitive statement. Definitive Ooh. right there. Man, you, I've never heard I'm, you this I'm getting bullish. you fired up today. I, I, bro, oh, I'm, let's go, baby. I, I've never heard you this bullish before. Um, yeah, no, like I think there's a lot to say. You know, we're home. Uh, they, for St. Louis, I mean, pretty much every game is a decent travel for them. Like, maybe Duquesne isn't that bad, but, like, I mean, that's a pretty decent trip for them to get out to Richmond. Um, however, we're only 3-3 three and three at home still. That's a big key for us is we got to show that even if we don't have fans, we're more comfortable in our home court than the other team is, which we haven't shown yet, right? It's even on paper. Um, here, here's a couple things, you know, from, from watching St. Louis and, and just knowing who they are. I think, you know, what's crazy is that they've got a 6'3 senior guard, Jordan Goodwin, who I think leads the A-10 in rebounding at like 11 a game, and he's 6'3", which is crazy. Um, he's, he can actually shoot. He used to not be a good outside shooter, but he's improved that. But he's definitely still a, a more slasher type of player. And so, look, I think if I'm St. Louis, I've got to go and try to get some inverted looks to get Gilly or Blake posted up against one of their guys uh, and just see if you can get some easy buckets. They're going to immediately try to get French going too. They're going to run a couple – pin screens that gets French open on the block and we'll see if they can, you know, we'll see if Grant, uh, Nate or uh, Tyler can hold their own. Um, and they run a lot of uh, pick and roll, just a ton of pick and roll. They've got a couple sets that are double screens. Uh, you'll see, you'll probably see one they'll run early on where they'll run a high double screen with their point guard, Yuri Collins. And they're going to look for a back door, very similar to what we do with our sets. If not, they're going to run their shooter Jimerson on the other side and try to get it open three. Uh, so they, they do a lot of ball screens. And that guy I mentioned, Jimerson, he makes this team a little different than they usually are because he's a knockdown shooter, like elite shooter. Um, and he's from Richmond, actually. He went to St. Christopher's. He went to Trinity and then went and did a did a year down in Florida, I think, at either like Montford or IMG we or something. recruited him. Richmond recruited yeah. him. Well, of course. I mean, I would be very mad we if had we to. did We it, had to, yeah. Right? Because that was get probably, him, but... yeah. I mean, we, we must go to multiple St. Christopher's games a year, Trinity games, because, you know, there's a lot of, actually, well, yeah. a lot of great, you know, Richmond basketball. And, and we have them at our own camps, too. Yeah, exactly. So, basically, I think, you know, if, if they get those comfortable post looks and it can open up their three-point shooting, I don't see us doing much. I think what we can exploit on the, on the offensive end is I think we've got to do a little bit more screen and roll as well to get their bigs outside of the paint. They run at least four big men deep. Um, and so I, you know, a lot of those guys aren't very good once you stretch them out to the perimeter and you've got to get them 
recovering back to the rolling guy who's looking for a shot inside. Um, so I think that's something we've got to got to look for. And then, you know, we've we've got to be able to hit our shots, right? And I just hope this isn't one of those games where Blake comes out and feels like he's got to take over. Uh, it was funny. I actually heard Nick Sherrod talking about how, you know, Blake, Blake's got this mentality that if he misses a shot, the next shot is the most important shot he could ever take because he's just so competitive and needs to get, get himself going. And, you know, I just, I just hope we can recognize what's working for us, what's not, and be able to adjust. Uh, I think if we, if we do that and we, we slow the game down with the way we run our offense, we'll be in a good spot. Um, but if they come out and establish, like I said, establish the post and then get their three-point shooters open, I don't know. And, and oh, and I, I can't forget, we got to box out. I mean, like <laughs> – yeah. I hope if I was coach Mooney it for the two practices that we had up to this game, I would run an hour and a half of box out drills and then like maybe let some guys shoot some free throws. <laughs> like that's it. Like they cannot go to bed without thinking to box out. Like they, I hope they're having dreams where they're like waking up in bed, like with their arms out, like hoping to box out. Somewhere. Like that's, that's how right. much I think we have to emphasize that. That's so, phenomenal. That's yeah. a minute into Evan's film room right there. But. Yeah. I'm all in an Evan's <laughs> film room. I put all my GameStop stock into Evan's film room. We're all in that. That's why I think that's why I'm so bullish this week is that I've been all in on GameStop stock and AMC <laughs> and Kodak um, and Nokia. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm totally with you. I don't really have much to say besides that. I did think it was interesting though, listening to Mooney's press conference and he was like, yeah, you know, two great teams, but two very different teams. I don't think we're that different from this team. I think we're both pretty reliant on shooting and we're both pretty reliant on our game down low. Maybe the way that we go about both of those parts of the game are different, but in general, I think we play a pretty similar game. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's just my personal opinion. But I mean, that's all I have for this game. Do you have anything else you want to get into a, in a into a prediction quick, or you want to hit a final note? No, let's do predictions. All right. So the line's one and a half, Richmond one and a half. First of all, ooh, I don't know about that. I don't, I think, I think St. Louis is good value there. Um, you got one off the head. I'm trying to think of a score prediction right now. I am going to say, so oof, this is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to hit both sides of the field here. All right. One and a half spread. I'm going to say Richmond wins 76, 75 and St. Louis covers. <laughs> so, wow. so, Huge. so, Huge. so okay. Can, that's like the most like safe pick R- of Rich, all time. Richmond, Richmond ML St. Louis spread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. um, I was going to go low too, but now I'm, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to say, St. Louis, 86, Richmond, 79. Wow. You're putting a lot in their offense. And they – well, I should say I they, so they score a lot. I think they're around 84, 85 points a game. They are around there. But, I mean, they're also coming off the break, so they could be ice. Like, they only put up 71 last game, which isn't great. But yeah, they came out cold in the first half. They only put up 31. So Well, look, we'll you, see, know how, we'll see. you know how visiting teams shoot in the Robin Center, dude. Like they, you said, they get hot. Dude, the, the the basket must increase like double in size or something. I just and, don't get uh, it. I mean, Hart, last name B, even tweeted, if you want to put up a career shooting night against us, just coming to the Robinson. That's actually a the great other tweet, game, I was like, great oh, that's tweet. so true. Great tweet. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, my, maybe my prediction is a little cop out, but no, I mean, I, I think I it, it is no, going to be close. That's where I was at. That's where I was if at. Saint Lu- I will say if St. Louis didn't go on a pause, and had come into this game not losing, like if they had run through the A-10 in their normal slate yep. and then played us now, I would take St. Louis by five. Yeah. Like, I'm putting a lot I mean, of stock sec- into the it's fact. It's their second A-10 game of the year. Right. So. I'm putting a lot of stock into the fact that they might not be 100% yeah. um, 
you know, that way. And something I haven't thought about, and again, I don't, I don't want to go too much into the tangent here, but I was just thinking about this, you know, thinking about why we came out so sluggish against, um, against LaSalle. I mean, you can never just diminish the fact that if these players actually get COVID, they might not be fully recovered, right? Like, I mean, we all know people, friends or family that have had COVID and they talk about like, you know, even if they didn't have too many symptoms, they talk about, oh, I couldn't go for a jog for like three weeks Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel great. So I I don't think we can ever forget that, right? We have no idea what some kids might be going through. Um, So I just think it's tough, man. It's just tough to, it it, kind of makes me almost backtrack on some things I've said in the past, just because you have no idea how, you know, who's being affected by what and all that. I I just don't know if you thought about that at all, because it's kind of interesting to me. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, I even know people on the, uh, on a stick team that plays that is a man for Richmond. He, he uses a stick and a sport um, that had oh. COVID and like took him a couple weeks to get back. And yeah. And with the basketball team, that really hasn't been an option. Like once they clear, you're ready to go. I mean, if the player might not be ready to go, but the team's ready to go and you're cleared, you're playing like, yeah. Oh yeah. And like, I, I remember reading about, you know, college basketball players that got it in, like July of last year. And we're like, yeah, I couldn't breathe normally until November. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's prob that's probably happening around the league, our league and just college basketball in general. And no one's talking about it because you don't want to be like the soft player or, you know, the one that's holding your team back. So we don't want to get too much into that, but it's, it definitely could be a factor. And that also could have been a factor into St. Louis's last game about Dayton and why they right. just couldn't get it done in the second half or even in the first half, maybe they were too winded. They needed that halftime break to come back. So. Also, if they were paused that long, like, I think that means it was more than just one round of yeah, positives. So it, it must have been something wrong. And, you know. So, it could have been multiple And you can't players. just be like, oh, it's all coaches. Like, if it's all coaches, the players are getting that, too. But right. They were exposed to it. So, it had to be, right. it had to be the whole program. So Right. Well, yeah. look, sorry, to, sorry, to, to, <laughs> yeah, sorry no. to get down that rabbit hole again. Let's, but We'll get Fauci you know, on next episode. Yeah. Let's hope for, you know, a, 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 a normal game everybody's at, you know, full strength and, and we see what these two teams really have because, I mean, this is good for the A-10, right? I mean, a, a primetime ESPN2 game, was it 6.30? Or I think it's 6.30. I think it's late. I think it's No, later. I think it's 6.30. And we've got – um, I think we've got – Yeah, you're seven, right, 6.30. Yeah. No, we have three Friday night ESPN games in a row. It's it's St. It's St. Louis, VCU, VCU, right? No, it's St. Louis, Dayton, VCU. Ah, but then we play VCU again after that first On the one. 17th. Yeah. 12th and 17th we play. Yeah. Again. That'll be we'll – be, that'll be interesting to talk about. And we'll get Canavis back on here because Coach yeah, we'll Mooney have, was we'll like – for there. Coach Mooney was straight up like um, – I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. He, he did not like that. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, I, I do want to – before we kind of wrap up and talk about some interesting things happening with us, I do want to add one more thing that, I, that just kind of yeah. came to my mind we didn't get talk it. about. Get it. Big news for, you know, any Richmond people is that the A-10 tournament is moving. Uh, to Richmond and it's going to be dual hosted huge, at UR's huge, campus huge. I think it's great for us I'm very happy you know just as a Richmond alum and a Richmond basketball fan um, but what do you think man I mean do you think do you think this benefits us do you think it's not a big deal I mean do you think our players are excited about it I, I don't really know what I mean I would assume so but maybe with no fans it's not as exciting yeah I, I don't think it matters um, hmm. yeah I, re- I really don't think it's going to matter I mean let's say What's the tournament? A week long? So we're going to play – let's say we make it to the championship, theoretically. We're, we still play, like, every other night or every two nights. It's just going to feel like we have a couple home games. I really don't think it's going to make a difference for them. And, I mean, clearly we know that other teams shoot so well in our gym. 
they're going to be happy about it. Um, I am curious. So we have the semis and the finals at the Robin Center, right? And like round, I think like round, like half of either round one or round two. Like okay, I think so, we split round one and round two between us and Siegel. And so then, is, there, is there a chance that we play at Siegel? To, like our opening game is at yeah. Siegel. Yes, there is okay. a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So the, if it does, can you the, imagine like us and Siegel? Us and Siegel oh. playing like UMass. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would be like suck. the weirdest thing. Yeah, ever. it would suck. But I don't know. I feel like our players. I don't know. I feel like it's not something they really feel is that big of a deal. I don't. I haven't spoken to anyone, so I don't personally yeah. know. But if I was on the team, I wouldn't think it's that big of a deal. It's nice you don't have to travel. That's I mean, what I was. That's I the only that's thing. Huge. I think the that's coaches huge. and the staff and like you know John Hart and and coaches all coaches being people. able to go home. I think that's huge. I think the no travel is massive for us. I, I think that's the only thing. Um, but I think it might matter more for VCU than us because we've shown that right now home court advantage isn't really an advantage. It's three and three. So maybe we'll change that as we get to the end of the season. I would have to think we probably will. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's cool. I'm happy, right? I mean, it, it makes sense. The only other place I think would make sense happy. would be like D.C. If they did it like Mason and GW, then that way you've got everyone south coming up and everyone north going down. But I think it's cool, man. And who knows where this world's going to be at in late February? I would assume it's not – I mean – so what I, what I read in, um, in the, you know, the paper was like Virginia right now is 200 fa- or 250 fans. And like traditionally at a normal game, we give out like 75 of those to like guests of the players. So like friends or family. So like maybe there'd be like a hundred open spots and I would assume season ticket holders or big donors would probably get those. So I don't know yeah. if there's going to, I don't know if you and I, I are going to be able to like go on and buy a ticket. I, I would be no, I, I think I read it's, it's going to be media and then every, so I think it's going to be every player slash coach gets one to two. Yeah. So I feel like the teams can easily fill that up. The parents of the players will travel. The family of the teams will travel. So yeah, um, I, I don't see any of those becoming available to the public unless sure. we're not the public. And hopefully we can, you know, get some connects within uh, inside the PR slash athletics department to get us in, which would be phenomenal. We'd love to do a live pod from there. Um, That'd be incredible. Yeah. Would be great. But yeah, I think that's just news we have to highlight. Yeah. It's good news. It's good news. So, yeah, man. Anything to bring attention to Richmond, I think, is great. Agreed. I completely agree with you. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it for our preview and recap. Um, whoever's still listening, thank you. Um, we kind of got a big week for us next week, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, don't want to get too much into it, but we could have a potential huge interview with someone everyone knows. Everyone that listens to this, at least. Um, I hope. <laughs> if they like a, we got an issue. Unless you're like a random listener and like. Yeah, like my mom. Like my mom probably doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, your, mom, your mom might know. She might know. She might remember. Yeah, no, no shot. Um, and then, yeah, we might be making some COVID travel. Uh, don't want to get too too much more into that, but um, make sure you follow on all the socials. You'll see what's going on uh, with us. And yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> about it if you want to tease it a little more go for it nah bro let's leave the cliffhanger so stay tuned we'll be we'll be bringing you guys updates and some cool stuff when it comes out i'm excited for you know what could what could work out in in the next couple days um and hopefully we get that kicked off with a great win tomorrow night so hope everybody's locked in everybody's pumped gets their game day spirit going during the work day tomorrow hopefully everybody has a light day and they can tune in early and get ready to go I'm, i'm pumped so hopefully we get Hopefully we get that win and start to turn things around for how we're viewed by everybody. Cause I'm, I'm ready to get back on that upper echelon of college Let's basketball. Get it, baby. I want to be on the Rostein tweet Friday afternoon, Friday yeah, night. We, Let's get it. Oh, hold on. Before we wrap, <laughs> 
what is uh, Chris Mooney's Rothstein phrase? Chris Mooney, colon, fill in the blank. Uh, <laughs> I can totally picture it. I just can't. Think, I'm I just trying can't to think of it. it. I wish we prepared for this because I feel like <laughs> – I feel like it would be like, I feel like it would be like Chris Mooney. Nice guys finish first. <laughs> Something like that, bro. Chris Mooney, nice guy gets it done. Just like yeah. a, a tweet. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh Lord. Chris Mooney, Princeton's never looked so good. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Hey, we'll, let, we'll post we'll that. Something. Yeah. We'll post that to our audience on Twitter. Give us yeah. your. Give us your best yeah, Chris like Mooney, that. John like Rossine catch, catchphrase. I like that. Anyways. All right, peeps. We'll Thank leave you, you guys with that. In. Have a great Friday. This should be out while you guys are getting ready for the game. So catch us on Twitter tomorrow night, 630. We'll be live tweeting. We'll be having fun. Roll yeah. spy. Maybe Let's Instagram. Get- Maybe Instagram. We'll see. Oh, yeah. That's true. Hopefully we don't have to get on Instagram and it's a blowout. Yeah. Hopefully that's but the case. we both know that's not going to happen. Roll Spy, baby. Thanks for tuning in. Roll Spy, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Peace. Peace. Going to take a fadeaway three. It's good, and he's fouled. Screen set by Jerome. Oh, Anderson, two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. He switched it. The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Two. Trey Davis to inbound, underneath the basket to T.J. Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck, and Fake shoots, 